0: Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School's the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. We want to say that at the first beginning of the class so that we don't waste any time warming up. You want to believe this is happening immediately. Uh, you want to be a good steward of your time. And, and you can immediately, if we're speaking the Word of God, we're reading verses and the Lord's helping us, that is faith food. It will minister to you. It will strengthen, it will strengthen you. Everybody say, it's happening. it's happening. I'm being strengthened. I'm being, strengthened. I'm being fed. I'm, being fed. I'm, growing stronger. I'm growing stronger. Hallelujah. Well, Father, all of us, agree together as touching these things, asking you to give us this day our daily bread and uh, show us the way, the answers, the help we need for right now. Pray it out loud with me, class. Say, say Lord, the seen, the Lord, the things I haven't seen, show me, please, show me, please. what I haven't understood, Reveal to me me. me. and prepare me me. for what you've prepared for me. me. Amen. Amen. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Look with me, please, in Hebrews, the third chapter again. We've been on a series that we're calling Overcoming Unbelief. Let's continue with that today. Hebrews 3, 7, he said, uh, Wherefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today... If you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. He said, verse 10, I was grieved with that generation and said they do always err in their heart. They have not known my ways. Uh, The scripture said in the Psalms that uh, the people saw the acts, A-C-T-S, acts of God, but Moses knew his ways. So it differentiates between seeing the actions, the works of God, and and knowing God's ways. You can be familiar, even very familiar, with the workings of God, what God has done. That does not mean you know Him. It doesn't mean you understand His ways. And um, one of the big things that people have made incorrect statements about, is this seeing is believing thing, is that people think that seeing miracles will give you faith, and that simply is not true. It it can inspire your faith, if you have faith, (laughs) if you're willing to believe. But now, all you got to do is look at this. Did these people he's talking about, this first generation of Israelites that God brought out of Egyptian slavery, did they see any miracles? Yes. Whew. They saw miracles that nobody had ever heard about or dreamed about. Think about all the signs and wonders that got them delivered out of Egypt. I mean, astounding things, amazing things. Then, Once they got out, the splitting of the Red Sea. Is that a miracle? Uh, If that don't qualify, I don't know what what would qualify, right? Everybody say miracle. That's definitely a miracle. And they all went through on dry ground. And then when the Egyptians tried to do it, it collapsed on them. And all of their enemy that was trying to kill them are dead. No longer a threat. Never again do they have to be afraid of them. They saw manna fall out of the air that they could eat. They saw water come out of the rock that was enough to, to uh, give satisfy their thirst and all of their flocks and herds. And It was two million people plus all their, we're talking about rivers of water coming out of these rocks. Did they see miracles? Yes. Did it give them faith? No. no. And that's what he's warning us about. Right? You can see some things. You can hear some things. And it, that alone does not give you faith. Tell me how faith comes. Faith class. Huh? Romans ten seventeen says, So then faith comes by hearing. And hearing, actually the words are uh, Rama Christos, hearing by the anointed spoken word, hearing by the word of God. You could only have faith in me to the degree you heard me tell you something I would do. Our faith in God is based on what he, we have heard from him that he would tell us that he would do. So you, can, you could be surrounded by miracles. You could see them many, many times and still choose to be obstinate and unbelieving. My, uh, my grandmother and my great-grandmother were healed in uh, William Branham's meetings back many decades ago. Uh, I won't go into it, but amazing things. And, and my, my dad was just a, a boy back then and he said he was standing in the healing line uh, when my grandmother was ministered to she had uh, cancer and would have died of course back then uh, there was not the treatment like it is today and a lot of people you know didn't have any insurance and they didn't even have access to doctors though they were very far away and that kind of thing and most people just died and, but um, he said one thing he saw, he was standing there as a boy and he said this lady beside him had this huge gorder on, on her neck and on the side of her, her head, her face. And he said uh, the man of God came to her and, and, and popped his hand up against that and commanded it to, to go away. He said that thing just went down flat, just like you'd popped a, a pin in a balloon. He said it was just you had to look twice, you know, like where did it go? It was there just a moment ago. And he said on the way out, he heard some men that had been standing outside the door looking, saying, uh, you believe that? The other guy said, nah. said he had that framed somehow. They had that fixed up some. Well, they stood right there and saw a miracle right in front of their eyes and didn't believe it. They they wanted to even though they had no idea how somebody could make that happen they decided yeah they they made that happen so they rigged that up somehow well now see that's just a choice not to believe mm-hmm. say it out loud believing, believing. Is, a is a choice and see what it is when you talk about believing God it's a choice to trust God it's a choice to trust what He said right? That he said it, that it's true, that it's right. If he said it, he can do it. If he said it, he will do it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's a choice. Say it again. Believing Believing is is a choice. Well, then by contrast, what's unbelief? Unbelief is also a choice not to believe. And see, that's what uh, actually it, it, it tried God's amazing patience and it irritated him and it angered him as the months went by and the years went by and no matter how many times they saw his faithfulness, his graciousness, his power, his uh, you know, trustworthiness to keep his word. He actually said in Numbers 14, he said, how long will it be before they believe me? How long, he said, uh, will, will they, before they stop despising me? We, we might say in disrespecting me. How long? Why did he say that? Because he knew. This is the juncture in Numbers 14. The tenth major time they defied him and refused to believe him. That was the point where he said, you're going to get what you've been saying. You've been saying we're all going to die out here in the wilderness. You're going to get what you said. Why? Because listen to the question. How long will it be before they believe me? He knew. We wouldn't know. He knows the hearts. He knows the end from the beginning. He knew it wouldn't matter how many more opportunities they had. They're not going to change. Which is why they just had to go into the desert. See, if they're not going to believe him now on any of these things, how are they going to follow him step by step to take the promised land? Can you see that? If they won't obey him in these things, you know, will they obey him when he says, march around the walls of Jericho? No. (laughs) Huh? No. No. But that second generation did. Under Joshua's leadership, don't you know those kids got tired of living out there in the desert and listened to mom and daddy gripe and complain all the time? Because that's what they heard. They heard them fussing about Moses and fussing about Aaron. And it's all somebody else's fault. Unbelief is a miserable way to live. And I refuse to live that way. Amen. huh? And I refuse to hang out. With a bunch of unbelieving, <laughs> griping, belly aching folks. Not my kind of people. How about you? Not my kind of people. I want to be around somebody that's got more faith than I do. Amen. Got a bigger vision than I do. Amen. That when they say things and they go to believe and, and step out and I go, "Whoo, yeah, I'm behind you. Go ahead. <laughs> Show me how to do it. Why? It inspires you. It inspires you stirs you up. And this is not imaginations and, and pie in the sky things. God is big. And He can do big things. Can you say amen? amen. And all things are possible. Not just to anybody, but to those that will make that choice to believe. Come on, say it out loud, class. I choose, I choose to trust my God. To trust my God. I choose, I choose to believe, to believe. Everything, everything he says to me. Says to me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You just, you choose. If God starts talking, you don't have to wait till he finishes the sentence <laughs> huh? to believe what he said. He said, do you believe that? Yeah, we hadn't got through talking. Yeah, but I believe it. Because yeah. it'll be right. Watch. Everything he says is right. And he does everything he says. Go with me back to Numbers the 16th chapter again. This is after that Numbers 14 event at Kadesh Barnea when they sent the spies into the land. And they've already been told they have to go back into the, or just stay in the wilderness because they wouldn't believe. And now this is an 11th event. Things are not getting any better. They actually are progressing the other way. You see now at verse 1, Korah, Dathan, Abiram... And verse 2, 250 princes, famous in the congregation, gathered themselves, verse 3, against Moses and against Aaron. And they said to them, You take too much on you, seeing all the congregation are holy, every one of them, and the Lord is among them. Why then do you lift up yourselves above the congregation of the Lord? And when Moses heard it, he fell on his face. Is that the action of an arrogant man? No. It is not. <laughs> it is not. If you look at the 12th chapter of Numbers, it says that Moses was the meekest man on, on the planet, on, on earth. Meekest man. You, if you would to search the whole planet, one by one, you could not have found a more humble individual than Moses. I know the Lord pointed that out to me many years ago as a boy, one of the first revelations I ever got. Boy reading the Bible for the first time, he pointed that out to me. And he spoke to my heart. I don't mean I heard a voice, but inside, just me sitting in the chair reading the Bible, he said, "Uh, did you notice Moses was the meekest man in his generation? I thought, yeah, I see that. He said, do you also realize he's the most used man of me? In his generation. Is there a connection? Yes. You know what Jesus said? Learn of me. I am what? Meek. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Meek. That, that is uh, the uh, characteristic of godliness. And you'll find that humble individuals are honest individuals. That's one of the big uh, identifying characteristics. And the Bible said God gives grace. To the humble, but what about the proud? They don't get the grace. They don't get the help. They get resisted. Well, what's the difference between pride and humility? Well, if pride—excuse me—if humility is honest, what would pride be? It, it's dishonest. Dishonest, and you—you um, you can't play games with God. He won't play with you. <laughs> you know what I mean by that? You may think you can fool people, gaming them, acting like you don't know when you do, acting like you know when you don't. You know, uh, God won't play that. Right? He knows. He looks right into your heart. He knows whether you're being straight, whether you're sincere, or whether you're not. And if you're not, He won't even listen to you. He, why, why should He? But if you'll humble your heart and be honest and get real with him, right? And draw near to him, he'll respond to you every time. Because he knows. He knows you you mean it. You're sincere. And so uh, these individuals are not sincere. They are not being honest. They have an ulterior motive. They want control. And the enemy is always trying to take control. That's his thing. He has a God complex. He wanted to be like the Most High and could never be like the Most High. He's a created being and a fallen one at that. It's it's absurd that he could aspire to be God. He actually tried to use the principles of faith and confession to exalt himself. He said, I will exalt my throne uh, above, and I will be like the most high. And God said, you will be brought down to hell. <laughs> when, when God's words collide with you <laughs> and the dust clears, you wind up in hell. So, <laughs> But he's still, you know, active. And some of these things we read about, you know, uh, the lake of fire hadn't come to pass yet. And so he is still active, but he he will never change. You know, it wouldn't matter how many opportunities the devil had, how many millions of opportunities to repent and change. He is never going to change, which is why there's no salvation for him. And he's always trying to uh, influence others. That's what he was able to do with Adam and Eve. Get them to disobey God. That's his whole agenda all the time. Why? Because he wants control. And he knew if he could get them to disobey God, they would condemn themselves. And why? Whoever yields to sin, well, now you're on his turf. But thank God, even though you and I have you know, made plenty of mistakes and sins, Jesus has paid the price for our sins. Yes. Is that right? Yes. And if we'll repent and receive forgiveness, the devil has nothing on us. Yes. Nothing over us. That's what Jesus said when it came time for him to go to the cross. He said, the prince of this world is coming, but he has nothing in me. Don't you like that? Yes. No. What does that mean? No hold on me nothing in me, nothing on me, and we, we could not be that free except by the blood of Jesus. But because of that, we are also that free. If you messed up this morning or, or last night or this afternoon, whatever it is, uh, immediately, don't, don't wait, don't wait, it's dangerous to wait. Immediately run to God, admit it. Why do I need to admit it if it's already paid for? Well, if you, if you didn't make any mistake, there's nothing to receive. No reason to receive. No, you got to admit you made a mistake or there's no action to even receive forgiveness. No, it has been paid for, but that doesn't mean you've received it. So you do. You say, Lord, forgive me for that and immediately receive your forgiveness Receive the cleansing. And what does that mean? That means the enemy has got nothing in you. Nothing on you. Everybody said out loud. I receive. I receive complete, forgiveness. complete forgiveness. I receive. I receive total cleansing, total cleansing and, washing and washing by the blood of the Lamb. By the blood of the Lamb. I, receive I receive the righteousness, righteousness and, holiness and holiness of Christ. Of Christ. Hallelujah. And say this out loud: And the devil, and the devil has, nothing has nothing in me. In me. Nothing, nothing, no control, no control. In, me in me, or over me, or over me. In, Jesus name. in Jesus' name. None, none, none. You see, sometimes people get afraid of people you know that talk about uh, devil, the devil, and demons, and witchcraft, and voodoo, and, and this or the other. And, and they say, well, you know, man, I think somebody in my building is is practicing this or that. I think they, they put the hoodoo on me. <laughs> if you fear it, it could have a place on you. Are y'all listening, class? Because fear, your fear draws things. Remember what Job said? I fear to fear, and it came on me. Or it came to me. But no, you remember Balaam, um, Balak tried to hire Balak, the ship, Balak tried to hire Balaam to curse Israel. And he even tried to because there was a lot of money available to him if he could get it done. But the Lord told him, you can't curse whom I have blessed. <laughs> he said, I've blessed him, I've blessed them, and they're blessed. And that's what you got to believe. I mean, if somebody could, could take the blessing of God off of you and curse you, that'd be bigger than God. Ain't happening. Never has. Never will. Somebody say, I am, I am the blessed of the, Lord. blessed of the Lord. And whom God has blessed, God has
1: blessed
0: nobody, can curse. nobody can curse. Amen. No, nobody can curse me. My father in the faith, uh, Kenneth Hagin, who's in heaven now, he was holding a meeting one time and uh, he said something about people who called themselves prophets and prophetesses that were not. And he said some things along that line in the service. And boy, a couple of the pastors came to him later and said, Oh, Brother Hagan, uh, uh, prophetess so-and-so was in the crowd. Didn't you know that? Uh, man, she'll be mad and, and, and she'll put a curse on you. He said, Ha! I double-dog dare her to put a curse on me. I said, "Ooh, I wouldn't say that. That's because you don't know who you are. The Bible said the curse causeless shall not come. It'll return to the place it came from. What? If you're blessed and you know you're blessed, somebody try to curse you, it'll go whoop, whoop, whoop. They better make it in their hat size because it's coming right back. <laughs> come on, somebody needs to say this and believe this. I am, I am the blessed of the Lord. Blessed of the Lord. Nobody. Nobody can curse, can curse. Whom, God has whom God has blessed. Now see, you, as a child of God, if you know that, you are absolutely safe. But the enemy, he, then he, if he knows you know that, he tries to get you to hurt yourself. He tries to get you to curse yourself through disobedience and yielding to things you know better and, and what have you. But even if you make a mistake, like we said, you can immediately repent. Hallelujah. In uh, in Numbers, they said, you take too much on you. And he fell on his face. In talking about what they were doing with him, the scripture says in in Psalms 106 that they actually envied him. Uh, Psalm 106, 16, you don't have to turn there. I'll just read it to you. Said they envied Moses in the camp and Aaron the saint of the Lord, listen to that that language. The saint of the Lord. Does that mean Aaron uh, never made a mistake? Uh, Aaron was involved in making the gold cash. You remember that? I mean, and even lying about it afterwards. And no, nah, he made plenty of mistakes. You hadn't found any human beings currently that hadn't made mistakes. Uh, Jesus was the only one that lived without sin, but. Um, The problem was they envied him. So they're being dishonest when they're accusing him, them, uh, Moses and Aaron, of wanting to lord it over the people, trying to play prince over them. In their hearts, they knew better than that. But they wanted what they had. They wanted the control. That's what we were talking about earlier. That, that's that devil. Always trying to usurp. Always trying to take over. And the thing is, you can't be passive. If you don't rise up and resist him, he will run over you. He, he's not a gentleman. <laughs> right? Yes. How many of you understand the devil is not polite. Yes. He will run over you. He will influence people to do it. He will try to do it personally and directly. And that's why the scripture says, give him no place and resist him steadfast in the faith. And you can do it because you got the authority in the name of Jesus. And the Bible said, resist the devil. And what will happen next? What will happen? He will flee from you. Why? Why? Because you're so intimidating. No, it's because of who's in you. Right? The greater one who's in you and the authority of the name that you wield. Oh, somebody say, I can, I can. Resist, the devil. resist the devil. And he has to. He, has to. he, must, he must flee from me, flee from me. When, I do. when I do. Oh, thank God. So they envied Moses and Aaron, and the Bible said, the earth opened and swallowed up Dathan, and covered the company of Abiram, and a fire was kindled in their company, the flame burned up the wicked. That was the immediate and severe judgment for rebellion against God, and defiance, and trying to usurp I may not be saying it right, but to me, this seems kind of like a, a tender point with God. <laughs> His creation has rebelled against him over and over and over again for no reason. He's never been unfaithful. Huh? And he just, he's fed up with it. <laughs> and so, are you, aren't you glad you're not a rebel? You're not uh, part of the devil's bunch and defiance. Somebody said out loud, I choose to submit to my God, to yield to the spirit of God. I will not be influenced by the devil's rebellion. I will not yield to the spirit of disobedience. The Bible said if you're willing and obedient, what will happen? you'll eat the good. That's the people that have fun. That's the people that enjoy life, not the rebellious, but the willing and obedient. Our time's up again. Come back tomorrow. We'll get further into this. We'll see you soon back here at Faith School. I've got victory, living inside Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today.